This episode of Breakaway is brought to you by GameTime. Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've all heard about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. I'm going to be at the game on Friday with Gregory. We're doing a Reddit suite meetup, but if you want to meet us at the game, use the GameTime app. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up with the holidays. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to give you a $10 credit. Here's what you could do to get that credit. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play Store or the App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Simple. Then under the billing section, redeem. use the redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC. All one word. Capitalized. For $10 off your first purchase, that's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem the code. And it expires at the end of the year. And if you don't know when that is, it's December 31st, 2019. So move quick and score those last-minute tickets. The Athletic. All right, guys. Big show today where we talk about Leas Anderson for a long, long time. But I think it needed to be discussed. So let's get to Mark Messier and get to it. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, as per usual, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. No, I, I'm really not feeling up for it. Happy holidays, week. though. You know, it's oh. It, it's oh, that you know what? It's Hanukkah. Just fucking Christmas. Well, I get annoyed when people say happy holidays. I really do. Okay, why? PC PC culture, man. Just say fucking Merry Christmas. It's what you mean. Merry I know in this in this specific <laughs> this specific instance. This specific interest instance, you're actually acknowledging the fact that today is the second, tonight is the second night of Hanukkah, which I, I can respect. I got a text from but, my Jewish roommate who told me it was. Uh, former you Jewish, have a Jewish Former, but Dean. I was about Dean, to say, Dean, Diane is Jewish? No, Dean from college. Oh, interesting. Dean? Yeah, Dean's So Jewish, many things Dean. I've learned. About, I can't believe Dean went to Marist with me, and I can't believe he was another Jew at Marist, and I can't believe I didn't know both of those things while I was at Marist. So much inside baseball for people listening, but... Uh, Welcome to the New York, yeah, New York no, Rangers number one hockey you, podcast. Thank you. Speak, speaking of speaking of holiday, do you consider New Year's a holiday? This is a good question. I think so. Only because you get off on New Year's Day. Most people do. Well, not you. You, well, you get. Off. I actually you. have off this year. It's oh, gonna be great. I'm gonna okay. be fucking hambo. Uh, that's not a surprise. Yeah, uh, but I like. I thought about this today. What makes it a holiday? Just the fact that it's like a new year. I think it's like the start of something new. I isn't like. Christmas to start of well no that's sort of the end isn't it um yeah I guess I mean, so. Christmas is a holiday what do you mean <laughs> like Christmas celebrates something important in a religion that is the very definition of holiday well I mean like Flag Day is a holiday right is it yes no flag Flag Day is a day of recognition I think there's a difference between day of recognition and a holiday wouldn't you say Fourth of July is a day of recognition then. No, I think that's a holiday because hmm. we celebrate something. I celebrate Flag Day, okay? <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to it. we got a lot of questions to go over. This is going to be a mailbag podcast, but before we do that, I guess the big news I guess we should talk about is Kako sat out a game. Oh, my God. It's really what a time to be alive. Really tough. He, he was 18, eight fucking millennials can't even stay in the lineup when they get a little boo-boo. He was leading the team with block shots with three. And then he hurt himself and didn't come back. Oh, the Lord and Savior will rise again. But I guess we should talk about Leah Sanderson, right? We should probably talk about Leah Sanderson. Okay. All right, so here's the deal. 
If you haven't been paying attention to the Rangers, the biggest storyline while you were at your holiday party over the weekend was Leah Sanderson, the seventh overall draft pick from two years ago, requested a trade from the Rangers after being sent down to Hartford. So this comes back to how do we feel about that, Gregory? And, and the answer, I think, for both of us, and I'll let you go on your tirade in a second, is I think we could easily both see, or easily both of us could see each side. And what I mean by that is I understand why Leas would request a trade after seeing Brandon Smith, Brett Howden, who didn't perform well at center. We'll get to Howden later, don't worry. Uh, and other players such as Michael Haley get opportunities over him while he was the seventh overall draft pick and got sent down to Hartford. Now, the other part of it, of it is he, he didn't really get an opportunity when he was up here. He played on the fourth line. He played mostly eight minutes a night or less. But they also watched him practice, and they watched him play hockey, and they were around him, and they thought that he needed to be sent down, and they've done a pretty good job developing other players, such as Heedle. They have other examples of success from before, so they kind of know what's good for a player sometimes. Now, did they did they dick around Anderson? Of course they did. But it's really easy to see both sides in this case, where Anderson probably deserved to go down to the AHL, but he wants an opportunity to play, so he's requesting a trade. And they suspended him until December 27th, and they're obviously actively searching, but with the holidays coming up, I find it hard to believe anything will be happening. Well, there's, you, you understand there's a holiday roster freeze in effect, right? Like you can't make trades. Well, now I definitely know. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, the NHL is stupid, man. I I, I both – before they, I get to Leah Sanderson, they close for things I both for understand trades? and find – yeah, things I things I think that? are dumb, but I understand the hockey enforces a um, player movement moratorium, with the exception of like injury call ups during the holidays. So the Rangers can't do anything until after Christmas. I'm looking. Wow, they can they can, they can talk to people, but they can't physically execute a trade. So when you Google uh, M- uh, NBA holiday freeze, you get when does the NHL 2019 holiday roster freeze begin? Okay. Yeah, because no other league does this. I've never heard no of No other it. league does this. Okay. It's stupid. That's my it, it's my bad. I work it's for the bo- I should know this. It's both stupid in terms of the league doesn't the league shouldn't be enforcing these type of moratoriums. It, unless there's a trade deadline, you should just be able to make deals anytime you want. But it's also not stupid. I get it. Like you don't want to be trading a guy on Christmas morning. Yeah. Fine. I get but, that. But don't At the same just time, just be a decent human being. How hard is it? Or like you're in hockey. Understand that shit happens. People get traded on Thanksgiving in baseball. Nobody freaks out. I don't know. It it it's pretty it's pretty dumb. Uh, but anyway, Leah Anderson. There are really three things I think we need to talk about here when it comes to Leah Anderson. Let's we do need it. to talk about like the past, the present, and the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's so let's start. Let's go in chronological order. So the past first. Let's, then. let's we're going to start with the past. Okay. Let's once and for all finally not do this ever again revisit the trade right so the deal was Derek Stepan and Auntie Ranta for the seventh overall pick and Tony D'Angelo you say and once and for emphasis... all but we might do something for this especially in like two weeks so not once and for all but maybe no one, no one the, the, that that thing we have planned for our BSBOT is different okay it that's basically like a redraft that is very different let's let's talk specifically about Stepan and Ranta for the seventh overall pick and Tony D'Angelo okay. and I make emphasis on saying the seventh overall pick and not Leah Anderson because the Rangers were not trading for Leah Anderson. I know we've said this on the podcast multiple times. It's been reported by other people multiple times. 
the goal the New York Rangers had when they acquired the seventh overall pick was purely to acquire a valuable asset. They did not envision, of course, they thought of scenarios where they would end up drafting seventh overall. The Rangers' goal was not to draft seventh overall. They wanted an extra asset. They had guys at the top of the list that they knew was were not going to fall much further than seventh. And if they did fall to seventh, it'd be a miracle in that. The range, the people on the Rangers draft board, number one was not Leas Anderson. The Rangers had the seventh and 21st overall pick. They had other young assets that they were dangling. Their goal was to move into the top five. They did not get there, but not for a lack of trying. So then the consolation prize was Leas Anderson. And it's it's there's no point in going back to revisit this trade for multiple reasons, but we're going to do it now just because it has to be done. What did the Rangers truly lose in that deal? Why do people keep bringing up this deal? Yes, Derek Stepan still uh, up until, I mean, I know he had a bad year last year, but that was mostly injury related. The two years before last year, Derek Stepan was still a top six center, if not a first line center. Still very good. The Rangers didn't want his no movement clause kicking in. The Rangers understood partially where their roster was at that time. They knew they didn't have another deep playoff run with that specific core. Uh, It took a little bit longer for us to acknowledge that as a fan base and even for the front office. They may have known it, but they didn't acknowledge it for a while thereafter. Ronta wasn't the really important part because we're talking about someone who the Rangers didn't have time to play, who was firmly behind Henrik Lundqvist on the depth chart, who was never going to jump ahead of Henrik Lundqvist on the depth chart. The New York Rangers did not ever have to worry about putting themselves in a position where they were going to pay Auntie Ranta starters money to be their backup. And as we've seen with Alex Georgiev, the New York Rangers, not exactly adverse to developing their own goalie talent. So Ranta was superfluous. Wow. The same people, the same people, Ryan, I always find it interesting. The same people who are quick to jump on Tony D'Angelo's jock about how we underrate him. We think he should be, he's more valuable to this team in the long run, how he should be a key component of this team. Those same people are the same people that say the Rangers gave up too much in that deal. Because I don't think both things can be uh, – they can be correct at the same time, but not in the way those people really want to make it seem, right? The New York Rangers acquired a seventh overall draft pick and a young defenseman who they've groomed into someone much better than when they acquired him. Because when we acquired Tony D'Angelo, we thought this is a guy with attitude problems who struggles defensively in his own zone. His offensive numbers, we were worried – his offensive performance would never make up for his shortcomings defensively, right? So far, things have been okay. Right. We can say a lot of bad things about the New York Rangers defensively. The development of Tony D'Angelo is not one of those things we can say as point-blank failure. It's impossible. That would be a mischaracterization of his growth as a player since then. But I think the important thing that people need to separate when talking about the trade is – the Rangers did not trade Derek Stepan for Leas Anderson explicitly. They wanted that asset wisely as part of an effort to move up further in the draft. 
And there was no way for the Rangers. No team in the top five would have taken Derek Stepan for a top five pick. That was clear to Jeff Gordon. At least that was his judgment of the market. And I think it was a correct judgment. So if you can't package seven and 21 to get into the top five, like the Rangers so desperately wanted to do, then this is, you get, you have to, at some point, draft someone with that spot. And I know, Ryan, you and I have talked about this before. We've often wondered if the Rangers took Leas Anderson as their floor guy at seven in order to allow them to swing for the fences at 21 on Filipino. Because you, you can go back to our podcasts shortly after that draft. Everyone thought the Rangers took Heedle around too early. He was not the 21st best prospect on the board. He may have been a top 10 prospect the next year because he was so young, but the Rangers were taking someone young, unproven, and raw, and hoping it would work out. And part of the reason they were able to do that at 21 is because they owned that pick at 7. It's a fair point, and exactly what happened. I mean, Heedle's so far worked out. If you redraft right now, Heedle's probably in the top 10 to 15 players taken in the overall draft in, in general. So yeah, he's probably, he's probably top 10 if we're being honest. Yeah, I think, I think so. I was just looking at the draft before we'll, we'll get to that eventually on maybe an OT, but Leas in general, like the pick when it happened, wasn't really taken very kindly. I don't think we were all well, super the, excited. The narrative, the narrative, I it, it's, it's impossible to go back and criticize the narrative, right? We were sold on the notion that Anderson was polished, that Anderson, while maybe not spectacular, would be ready to jump into an NHL lineup a little quicker than his peers, right? That that was that was part of the dream that was sold to us. And we we did buy into it a little bit. Should that have been pitched? Yes. Should we have been or should that have been pitched? I don't know. Should we have been more critical? While it was being pitched, well, obviously, but hindsight's twenty twenty, mm-hmm. so we can't go back and judge ourselves or anyone else in that measure. But let's jump to the present now, Ryan. Well, before so we just... move on, I think the one thing that's important to mention that you didn't mention is the things we've heard together and the things that have been reported is my dog is barking. And on top of those things, um, it's that the, the Rangers were targeting Pedersen or Cody Glass, who went picks one and two picks right before Leah Anderson. Right. The, again, the Rangers' goal getting that seventh pick was it was either to draft seventh because someone fell to them or to use their draft assets to move up to get someone they desperately and, want. And Pedersen and again, was projected to go from like eight to ten at that point in time, and they were very high on him. It's from what I was told. And, and it's, again, the, the Rangers made the deal with the Coyotes because the Coyotes were the team that was willing to trade a top ten pick for Derek Stepan. If the Rangers were able to trade Derek Stepan to the Avalanche, to the Canucks, to the Stars, the deal went they very deep with the Canucks and it just didn't go through. That's all it was. The, because the, the Canucks, Canucks like it, it, that's a, it that's and it. it's flat out the Canucks liked Pedersen more than what the Rangers were offering them. Mm-hmm. To their credit, job well done. I think I think uh, they read yeah. that market correctly. Yes. Um, but it again, it's when we evaluate that trade, whether you hate it or you love it. Mm-hmm. The trade was not Leas Anderson and Tony D'Angelo. It was the seventh overall. The trade pick. was the seventh overall pick, which the Rangers were hoping would be an extra asset, a more valuable asset, a more controllable asset to springboard them to the player they actually wanted. And yes, the Rangers obviously 
acquired that pick knowing or at least feeling that were they not able to get one of the top players on their board, they were still going to get a very good high upside player with that pick. Of course, we know how it goes. It That's the way the cookie crumbles in this instance. But the, the goal was not, we want Leas Anderson. That's why we're trading Derek Stepan. The goal was, we want the seventh overall pick to use as a future asset. And Leas Anderson is just what that led to. But let's jump to the present, right? The present. Because this is this is where we have to go. I, I see understand. what you're doing here. This is the Christmas-themed ghost of past, present, and future. Sure. Happy Hanukkah. Christmas story. Anyway, uh, we you have to talk about the present. Okay. And here's here's where it gets a little tricky. And here I, I agree with you with what you said earlier. I I, I think the both sides fucked up here, at, at, at on a colossal level. However, whenever a, a prospect busts out, and I'm not calling Leas Anderson a bust flat out, but he obviously is busting out of the New York Rangers system. When that happens, it's 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 very easy to pile on the negative, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to bring up other instances that didn't work. But that also makes it easy to forget the instances that are clearly in the process of working, right? If we're going to criticize how the Rangers handled Leas Anderson, and it's fair, there's plenty of things to criticize there. We also have to acknowledge the fact that how they've handled Filipino is seemingly working. He's a guy that went down to Hartford, was given a checklist of things he had to do, accomplished all the things on that checklist. And when an opportunity arose for him to make an impact at the NHL level, he's ran with it. And it's clear now that there's no immediate uh, circumstance that would knock him out of a top nine position no way. on the New York Rangers. No way. At the same We'd time. We'd freak out. Even, but Ryan, even the less successful circumstances on the Rangers roster where as, mu- as frustrated as we get with Brett Howden, right? As the fact that the Rangers are continuing to allow him to fail in the NHL, hoping that it brings more out in him in the future is a developmental strategy. Same with Lieber Hayek. Same with Tony D'Angelo, who had probably the shortest leashes in the history of prospect development last year. And the only reason why D'Angelo didn't get set down to Hartford last year is because the Rangers were worried someone would claim him on waivers. But there were the, So he sat in the box, and he had to work his ass off in practice, and he had to earn his spot on this team. Capo Caco. Our guy, mm-hmm. our boy, Praise somebody me. we created a church after, yep. right? He's another guy that is clearly being allowed to fail on the job. But because he's doing those little extra things that we don't see or we think we see, but the coaching staff has a better read on, he's being allowed to fail at the NHL level. Adam Fox is the success story of all this. The New York Rangers were willing to just punt a second round pick in this year's coming draft because Adam Fox earned every minute of ice time he's had in the NHL so far this year. The Rangers could have easily gotten to the 25 game mark with Adam Fox had he been struggling and just gone, you know what, kid, we need you to go to Hartford to play the rest of the year. We're going to recoup a future asset here and it's going to be fine. We understand you're good. We understand you have a bright future, but you're struggling right now. Our development team in Hartford is top notch. 
we think this is going to be fine with you. Of course, Adam Fox, that never happens because he's been the best Ranger defender all season. He's long already the best and defender. And the world's greatest success story. Yes. Like, all, but second step on the ice, he was. And it, it can both be true that the New York Rangers didn't afford Elias Anderson a bigger opportunity in New York and be true that despite the rough play, it's clear that Brett Howden and Lieber Hayek do something the coaching staff likes that allows them more opportunities to fail at the professional level, right? Neil Pionk, same thing. It, it, the in-game performances were always rough, but it was clear Neil Pionk was doing something this coaching staff liked, so they gave him more opportunity. And whether, whether it's simply Neil Pionk needed to get away from the New York Rangers, which is why he's more successful this year, or whether his struggles last year are playing a major role in the fact that his game is progressed to the next level that you would hope it would progress at his age and developmental curve. Both, maybe it's both, maybe it's one, maybe it's the other. We won't really know for sure because he's not on the New York Rangers to do it anymore. And we also know that Lindy Ruff has a track record of coaching a god-awful defense. So we have no way of saying, Pionk, what he's doing successfully on the Jets, he would do with the Rangers. But the fact is, he did something in between the margins that the coaching staff liked. Brett Howden's doing those somethings. Lever Hayek's doing those somethings. Capocacco is doing those somethings. I said, I said earlier, Beetle we get to is doing Howden, those somethings. And I'm not going to take this off, off of Leas, but just as a quick aside, we've watched Howden struggle all year. There's been a lot of tough times for him, and they decided, hey, with Kako hurt, let's put him at wing. And Howden played the best game he's played all season. So they're trying new things, at least with him. Too. I don't know. I don't know if it was the he. I, I, we forget the couple games he did have that were incredibly strong, like the Sabers game when the Rangers won six two. That Howden played maybe his best. I think professional game. I'm just going off of a Shane chart where he a, analytically. By the way, the athletic.com slash PSB joined today forty percent of your first year. Nice plug. Um, uh, where analytically he was the best Ranger, and I don't think that's ever happened all season. No, I think it was still behind my boy. Oh, Adam Fox. My, I, yeah. I just count him all the time. Usually have him as a, as A1, and then someone else is A2. But yes, to your credit. And the argument could be made that maybe Howden should have been moved off of center sooner. And again, we can't sit here and say that Leas Anderson was given the proper share of the cake. We can't right? at all. Can't do it. Can't do it. Not going to do it. And while we can't do that, we can also say... Leas Anderson didn't have the world collapse on him while he was with the New York Rangers. Leas Anderson went down to a now successful developmental system in Hartford. He went down somewhere to play with a successful team where in the same situation, in the same draft class, only a couple months younger, Philip Heedle went down, proved that he shouldn't have been there and was immediately recalled. It, happened on his watch, right? He saw that happen. Leas Anderson made the New York Rangers out of camp when Philip Heedle didn't. And Anderson witnessed that guy go down, come back up, and be inserted into a role that was greater than the role we expected Heedle to play before the season started. So it's not like Anderson didn't have examples... It doesn't matter if Leas Anderson thinks he's better than Brett Howden. Leas Anderson is probably better than Brett Howden. But Brett Howden does something developmentally that the coaching staff likes. And if you see that and your only take is, well, I'm better than that guy. What the fuck? That 
that's like a defeatist's attitude. And it's it's difficult because I agree with Leah Sanderson, right? And I think you agree with Leah Sanderson. I think we both feel in the long run, he's going to be a better NHL player than Brett Howden. Part of that is because we're confused about where we see Brett Howden long-term. We're, we've been given a big enough sample size with Brett Howden to understand that he hasn't been good his first one and a half plus years in the NHL. He's not so young that we think his game's going to take a significant leap forward. And he doesn't have the draft pedigree that Leas Anderson has. So we also, we simultaneously agree with Leas Anderson that he is probably better than Brett Howden. At the very same time, I think we agree with the New York Rangers that Leas Anderson didn't do a whole lot to say, I deserve a, a top nine role right His now. His highlight of the entire season is coming out and opening night and tripping over a wire he didn't see. There's no other yes. moment where he like, can you think of an Anderson moment despite his limited play and his chance to only play eight or nine minutes a game. Can you think of a moment where you were like, Oh, Leas, damn, that's the skill I was looking for. Cause the only moments I, I can remember from this season with Leas Anderson is being annoyed that he didn't get more ice time, but I can't, I don't have a single on ice moment my, where I said to myself, that's why Leas Anderson deserves more ice time. My vision of it is he had, a, I remember he had a tough shift. I think it was like in the third quarter, the Rangers were trailing. I can't remember what it was a third quarter, third period. Sorry about that. And then I just remember him hitting his stick against the ice and being very frustrated that he didn't make the most of his opportunity. And that's my only mental image of, of Leas this entire year. Whereas many other players, I have these moments and, and visions of, oh, this is a defining moment for this player this season, where Leas just seems like it's frustration. Now, that, that gets us to the second part of the present conversation. Oh, and it's the part, part it's the part, yes, it's the part that you and I, we stopped, remember that very fun time when we said we would stop talking about Leas Anderson on this podcast. <laughs> uh, that was remember, called December or November no, 20th. I, I, I want to say it was around Halloween. And uh, because I'll it was check. around, it was literally the week before he got demoted. I'll check. But and then on. we had to talk about it again. Yeah. Um, but we, well, the reason why we wanted to stop talking about Leas Anderson on the podcast originally, because we came to a conclusion, a conclusion that we both agreed with. It was, does Leas, has Leas Anderson done enough to show this coaching staff just in game that he deserves to be playing more time? Not really. But should Leas Anderson have been given a look considering how often David Quinn changes the lines, considering the caliber of player that was playing in front of Leas Anderson at the time, considering that David Quinn was willing to try anything and everything in his top nine with the exception of promoting Leas Anderson. Yes. Yes. We said it then. We say it now. The Rangers should have given Leas Anderson a one to two week look in the top nine just to say they looked. They didn't probably because they saw things in practice we weren't seeing, probably because they felt things about Leas Anderson's game that we disagree with, probably because they see things in Brett Howden. Again, David Quinn said it himself. Brett Howden is a coach's wet dream. He's a guy that's always going to give 120%. He's never going to look like he's taking his foot off the accelerator. Brett Howden is a coach's dream because he's always going to try. Where maybe Leas Anderson, down to the dumps as a 21-year-old, frustrated that less talented players 
like Brett Howden specifically, but we can include the Greg McKeggs and Brendan Smiths of the world. He thought he was getting passed over by more talented players, uh, less talented players, I should say. And that can be frustrating. And while that's true, there's another thing. You can't look at how the Rangers handle their fourth line, which is play it less than 10 minutes a night, and then say shit when Leas demands a trade like, oh, Leas Anderson can't play in a fourth line with Michael Haley, Brandon Smith, and Greg McKegg. We were bitching about that when he was here. So we agree that it's either top nine or bust with Leas at some point in time. So it doesn't matter if Leas Leas Anderson played this entire year on the fourth line getting 10 minutes a night, he probably still requests a fucking trade. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at that point. So it's, were the Rangers right in how they handled Leas Anderson? No. Is Leas Anderson right in how he's handling this? No. And you know why, Ryan? Because you see a guy like Philip Hedl and Capococco come up lame in back-to-back games. You see an opportunity to get back into the National Hockey League in a better role than where you left it if you go down to Hartford and work. And again, this isn't this isn't Hartford of yesteryear. This isn't the Hartford dumpster fire that Leas Anderson had to survive last year for half the season. This is a well-oiled machine that is playing top of the league hockey in the American Hockey League. And it's a team that has already produced one player who went down, was asked to do a very specific thing, did that thing, and has come back and excelled. Opportunity always presents itself in the National Hockey League because it's a violent league. It is rare to have a roster of guys that play 82 games a year. Heedle gets hurt. Kako gets hurt. All of a sudden, the Rangers need to call up a forward. Right. I know Philip DiGiuseppe is not playing tonight, but if Anderson went down, applied himself, worked his ass off, and was doing things that Philip Heedle was doing in the American Hockey League, do you think DiGiuseppe would have been the call-up? Never no. in a million years. Anderson would have been Anderson starting tonight. Would have been on the, he, would have, he would have been on the first bus up, would have been starting the night over Haley, and would have been in a top-nine role if Hedo wasn't ready to play. And even, even with Kako playing, they probably they keep hounding on the wing and put Anderson in the third-line center spot. DiGiuseppe isn't playing tonight because DiGiuseppe is just another – he's organizational filler. He's really good in the American Hockey League. But the Rangers brought him up because the Rangers know they can send him right back down after the game once everyone's healthy. Leas Anderson needed to understand that opportunity presents itself in the most random times. You cannot predict the next time you're going to get a chance, which is why you have to seize it. The problem is Anderson went down to Hartford and was unspectacular. And then he got pouty. And then he packed his bag and left. Now, I don't blame him for doing that because the Rangers dicked him around. But at the same time, I can't blame the Rangers for I, – I, I, don't, I don't know. Which brings us to the, my final part of this point. The future. I think the American the Hockey League – We're not, not yet. Well, I'm not at future yet. Shit, part, the American present Hockey part League, three, okay. The American Hockey League needs a better PR team. Because what has happened? Why, why, why with hockey do we view their minor league structure as so inferior – that it stunts development. I don't know. It really the, in every other league. What, well, it's totally fine. I guess the G League is is sort of a way. Like if you if you're in the G League, you're a problem. You're never making the NBA, despite 
Do we do we feel that way though? I guess I feel like I think some people. I feel like the G the G League is new, right? Right. And basketball is completely different. Where we're talking fifteen man rosters, yeah. Where the worst teams have the best picks, so there's no point in the worst team sending players down to the G League, right? There's no there's no point. You're so bad that you need that player to play immediately, and you don't have other players blocking his path. That's why Triple you A got baseball the gets a pick. good rap. I mean, it's a good, and so does Double A. They're both good developmental systems. I'm sure uh, you know way more about soccer than I do, so I'm assuming they have a, a ton of great developmental systems. I mean, they started like really well. Like, really so- soccer. I mean, and I, I know there's a question. Soccer. It's hard to judge because teams like Chelsea and Manchester City and Liverpool. They just buy the best. Players. Those their their best young players. They can loan out to play in top tier leagues outside of England. Mm-hmm. If there's a player on that Liverpool is super high on, that Liverpool wants playing on a regular basis, they can go to the a different league in the world and say, we're going to pay you to play this guy all the time, and we want to see how he develops. Like it, It's hard to judge soccer with other sports just because there's no minor leagues. Right. There are less competitive leagues. Where in hockey, there's really only the AHL for America. That's really it. And- right. But it's just it's just weird. It's just Leah Sanderson's 21. He is two years removed from his draft year. He's D plus two. And it's it, it's weird that we feel like he should be better right now than he is because it's been two years. I in baseball, I don't know. It I don't I'm not two years after the draft, you're still developing to me. Like it's been what? Uh, I'm trying to think. Go it's ahead, been a Matt. year and a half since Jared Kalenic got drafted. Oh, sorry, he's buddy. still a year and a half away, Bo. Yeah, like Jared Kalenic taking three years to get to the major leagues. That's not an indictment on Jared Kalenic. That's just called development. So why why at 21 do we feel like Leas Anderson needs to be a finished product? We don't. I don't. So why sending a 21 year old? To, why is sending in a 21-year-old to the American Hockey League a problem? It's not a it problem. The only problem is that Michael Haley and Brandon Smith and natural defensemen are playing ahead of him. And I wanted to get the shot up. We've already been over this. You know, but, there's no reason but again, to argue. Ignore, ignore everything. Ignore everything on the fourth line. Right? Right. Brendan Smith was playing top nine minutes to start this year, almost as a way for it seems like, and maybe this is us being too kind. Not even you. I'll I'll just call it myself. Maybe this is me being too kind. Brendan, Brendan Smith was being used as a message to everybody else that here's the guy you need to play better than. If you want ice time, you have to play better than Brendan Smith. And we've said it on this podcast. We've talked about it with Shana Goldman. We've talked about it with Rick Carpinello. We've talked about it with Vince Mercagliano. We've talked about it with everybody we could possibly fucking talk about it to. Brendan Smith wasn't a problem in the top nine. He was playing. I'm not going to say he was playing amazing, but he was playing average. And, and that's all the Rangers needed at that point in time. They just needed someone to play average in the top nine. The fact that Leas Anderson was getting outplayed by Brendan Smith is not Brendan Smith's fault. Is it ridiculous that it was even a situation to begin with? Sure, fine. Not going to argue with you on that one. But it's Brendan Smith in the mind of people watching the team, of people watching the game, was simply outplaying Leas Anderson. It's ridiculous to say, Ryan, I know, but it happened. We saw it happen. So it's, it's, 
it's weird to me where if you're the New York Rangers and you have a 21-year-old prospect who has been playing hockey in your system for just under three years, it's weird to me you can't send that guy down to Hartford. And if you can't send that guy down to Hartford, who the fuck can you send down to Hartford? Okay. I don't know. It just it, it confuses me. Uh, like, you're right. It, it's you have to be American, able to American hockey. Yeah, they need better public relations. Like we need to change the narrative about the American Hockey League, because if that's not a developmental league, then ho- then the NHL just doesn't have a developmental league. And if we admit that it is a developmental league, then you can't be angry if you're sending down a 21 year old to develop. Well, I think I'd be angry if they sent down Kako to develop. I, I know I would be angry if that happened. Would you? But why? What yeah. have you seen from Capo? Like, honestly, evaluate Capo Kako's game. Does he look like a guy that can compete on a nightly basis against the grown-ass men in the National Hockey League? Right now, no. These last two weeks. No. Because no. he's 18. Yeah. He's a fucking teenager. Yep. Like, we're asking him to do the most difficult thing possible at the most raw point in his life. I still think I don't, you shouldn't be angry if he goes down to Hartford. I would, it might actually be good for him. I could be. I would be mostly because I want him to battle through the NHL ups and downs and, and get used to what the long season is like. This is going to be the most games he's ever played. Which, which Ryan, that's fine too, mm-hmm. right? That that's why before this year started, when people would ask us, give us a point prediction for Kabakako, and both of us refused to say anything over thirty-five because we didn't want to put. Any kind of unrealistic expectations on someone? I said 69 is a joke, but yes. Yes, you, you told that to a Finnish publication that actually wrote that down <laughs> in a newspaper. They did. Multiple. Fantastic. Bully bully for you, sir. Great job. Buddy. But it's 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 just nuts to me, dude. It really is. And I, it's we can't sit here and say, even keeled, that maybe a demotion for Brett Howden is best for Brett Howden. Right? You, we can't just say it about players that we dislike for one reason or another. And I don't even think we dislike Brett Howden. If anything, the only reason we've grown any sort of level of disdain for Brett Howden is because it felt like he was getting treated differently by the coaching staff. And then the coaching staff admits he gets treated differently just this weekend. My only, so it's, my only qualm is that that's my only true qualm with Brett right. Howden. I like him every other way. Like but I, you, something the reason nice. The reason it's not the reason why everyone says it, but the specific reason why you and I were saying maybe it's better for Brett Howden to go down to the American Hockey League is because we felt it was good for his development. So I, I don't understand how we can say that about Brett Howden and not say that about Leas Anderson just because Leas Anderson went seventh overall. Like if Leas Anderson can't use time in the American Hockey League to develop, then nobody can use time in the American Hockey League to develop. So then just disband the American Hockey League. What is the point of that league? I, it, let's go to the future. Go for let, it. Let, let's round this out, and then we have to answer questions. Because Sorry. I knew this was going to take 30 minutes, oh. and I knew this was going to happen. Well, we're at 40, so. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the future. What future. do we get for Liam Anderson in a trade? Well, pool party's off the table. Let's just get that out of the way. Yes. And it, it's, it's debatable how much it was ever on the table. Right. Mm-hmm. It seemed clear the Rangers were interested. It seemed clear the Oilers were interested. It made sense that those names would be put together. Well, now we but need a sure North South player, Greggy. That needs to happen. Got to have one of those. Uh, yeah, I know. I this, this is this. It's like it's like in other sports where like just get the bet, get the most talent you can for Lee Anderson. Right. 
It's you shouldn't sun, have to. It's a sunk cost. If you're out there like, hey, he was a first-round draft pick, we should get more, that's over. You cannot say that when you're trading Leah Anderson. Well, the- I think you can trade damage for damage, right? Yes. It's we, We've still seen it. Like, it's not impossible to imagine a scenario where the Rangers go to the Nashville Predators and ask about Ely Tolvin. It's not impossible for the Rangers to go to – it would be weird, but it's not impossible for the Rangers to go to the Buffalo Sabres and ask about Casey Middlestead. You you can talk to another – you can trade damage for damage, and you can try to convince yourself that it's all about um, getting fresh eyes on something, fresh starts, starting over, clean slate, that kind of shit. Uh, would I expect it? No. Do I think – it's possible for the Rangers to attach Anderson to a Chris Kreider to try and juice up the return. Yeah, I could see that. I think you can convince a team that's maybe on the fence about trading a first round draft pick straight up for Chris Kreider, where if you attach Anderson to that, they can swallow it a little bit more because again, we're talking about a late first round pick and we're talking about a draft pick that might not have the ceiling. Leas Anderson even currently has. So maybe Maybe Anderson could be a sweetener. And while it's invaluable to the Rangers for Anderson to demand a trade, because now you limit your team's uh, leverage in any any discussions, the good news is this is as low as it could possibly get in terms of trade value for Leas Anderson. Leas is going to sit until the trade deadline unless the Rangers can find a partner for them before that. They have no... They have no responsibility to put him in another game. They have no responsibility to give someone a chance to see him play. Leas Anderson, by packing up his bags and going home, is admitting that he's not going to play hockey until the New York Rangers trade him. And the New York Rangers know that they have to trade him, but they're in no hurry to do so. They will make a trade when one becomes apparent to them and it's something that they can accept. It might not happen until February. My they don't my follow up to that is I think there was a chance the Rangers were trying to trade Leas Anderson anyway weeks ago, and Anderson just came out so and too. tried to force his hand. Well, yeah. Here's the thing: trade requests don't happen the day they're reported. Trade requests happen when you've grown tired with the dialogue, right? Nobody wakes up one morning and is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call up the New York Post and say I'm demanding a trade. Leas, it, it is clear that Leas Anderson had been looking for an out of the New York Rangers organization months ago. There's a reason why his name has floated up even in the report for pool party that we saw. And again, if you want to, Ryan, if you want to play conspiracy theory here, I right, will be. maybe is it possible the New York Rangers weren't giving Leas Anderson a look at a top nine role because they knew he was never going to have a top nine role with the New York Rangers? There's a, listen, hands up. You know I love a good conspiracy. I cannot rule that out. Because there were rumors, and there... You and I have been doing this for a couple years now. We sure have. Which is crazy, by the way. We've been stupid. It's so dumb. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. We've been doing this for about four years. We follow the beats pretty carefully. I would say that you and I are in the... We're one percenters when it comes to consuming Ranger coverage. Because part of it is our job now. We did it for free for a very long time. And people support us and expect us to have the appropriate knowledge. 
Now, are we always smart? No. But you can read the tea leaves a lot of the time behind the scenes. And when I say my conspiracy theories on this show, it's because I believe them because I think I can read through the tea leaves. Now, Gregory, I know you think some of them are dumb. In this case, Mm -hmm. there were rumblings months ago just through Larry Brooks, through The Athletic, through other things that Leas was on the block. And now all of a sudden it comes out that he's requested a trade. I think you're right saying it could have been months ago and not knowing, well, not knowing what they were going to do with Leas in the future, why would they give him time to develop him on the top nine when they know he's gone? Why waste their time? Right, and it, it's 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 a catch-22, right? Because on one hand, everything we're saying could be true. If the New York Rangers know that a divorce is coming with Leas Anderson, why would you budget more time to him than Brett Howden, a player you think is going to be with your organization for years to come? At the same time, why wouldn't you give Leas Anderson a look in the top nine to boost up his trade value? So the only reason why that second part could be untrue is maybe the Rangers felt it didn't matter what Leas Anderson did in any short sample. His value is his value. Or, and there's Greg, nothing we can do to improve it. They don't think he's good. And the more they play him, the more he gets exposed. And the more that his could value be goes too. down. Because right. I watched so him Leas. We're... It wasn't like he was ever blowing my eyes out of my head. Like, that was no. a good sentence. So but... we, we sit here, Ryan, and say – your your known value in some instances can be better than your potential value, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what the New York Rangers did a month ago, a week ago, today, Leas Anderson's value over that period of time is pretty stagnant. It's former top 10 draft pick that probably needs a change of scenery. It didn't matter how much the Rangers played him. It didn't matter how little the Rangers played him. That was it. That was the line. So then it becomes a question of the New York Rangers. And again, let's play conspiracy theory a little bit here. The New York Rangers sent him down to Hartford. Again, a successful AHL team to give him top six minutes. First time in a long time that's clearly succeeding at many levels. And and, and had a player go down and succeed and come back up and succeed more already. Yes. And it's, it's again, it's, it's a, it's a team. A lot of people are watching in Hartford for other reasons. Igor, most notably, so you have scouts at those games anyway. You're giving Leas Anderson an opportunity to shine. You're giving him an opportunity to jump off the page. You're giving him an opportunity for some other team to look at him and go, that's an underused asset. I would like to acquire it, please. And Leas Anderson didn't perform when he went down. He wasn't good. There's nothing we can say to change the fact that Leas Anderson in Hartford was bad. Wasn't lighting it up. That's the had way like, it is. Had like a tip-in goal. Looks, he had, looks I think he had one three-point game, and then in his other 17 games, he had a point. Good. That's bad, Ryan. That's, that's I don't think it was 17 games. That sounds a little high. But it was bad. And then we're not even talking. There's no other way obviously, to say it. Obviously, Greg and I didn't watch all the Hartford games, but and we, you can't always determine how good a player is doing by points. But when you go down to a league that you're supposed to be dominating – as the seventh overall pick, and you think you're that good, and you threw the silver medal, well, you, you just got you got to go down, suck it up, and dominate. And when you do that, you get called back up, and you get your chance. Like life's unfair for everybody, guys. It's just anyone who thinks life is fair just is wrong. It's not. A lot of the times, you have to earn your spot or luck into something. And Leas didn't either, and that's the case. I just I think I, I 
the thing that's amazing about this podcast to me, Ryan, is mm-hmm. definitely not our talent. We suck at this. Yeah. However, you know what we I do, will say Greg? this. <laughs> We're fucking consistent, man. Yeah, I will. I will say this though: when you and I started talking about Leah Anderson, never once in my mind did the thought of the reason why Brett Howden kept getting more minutes than Leah Anderson is because the New York Rangers saw a future that included Brett Howden, whereas they never saw a future that included Leah Anderson. I'd never had that thought until you and I started talking about it, and now that's the only thought I have. The New York Rangers were only giving Brett Howden more time because the New York Rangers are convinced that in three, four, five years. Brett Howden was more likely to be a New York Ranger than Leah Anderson. I don't think so. It's he even gets close. more time. I don't think it's even close. because now, I, I now, think, that we, I, now that we brought it up, I really don't think it's close because Brett and I and I think you're right. Again, how many times have we talked about this front office only floating names that they want to float? They do. It they, is not an accident. They don't let. I want to make this so clear. And by the way, we said this was going to be a mailbag episode. I think the mailbag episode might be next week because at this no, point, no, we'll, we'll we'll do the mailbag. We'll, we'll do it'll part. Be fine. Hold on, because we still got to do five star questions, and we'll do part one of the mailbag, and we'll save part two for next week. Anyway, we'll sure. get to, we'll get to that. Um, this organization, if you don't know, is one of the tightest organizations in sports. And that being said, they don't let anything out. There, there's no leaks from the regular organization. They have a war room. It's very hard to get information. And the, the things they leak to beat writers, like Rick Carpinello of The Athletic, like Larry Brooks, like Vince. And Vince is new, so I don't know what they leak to Vince. They only leak this information if they have a narrative. And you can read the tea leaves and see what happened. And that's exactly what happened with, with Leas. They started floating the name months ago, man. And then all of a sudden... In October, at the, at, the, at the very latest. Right. And they, they, they did say some things in, in training camp, and he worked his way through preseason to make the team. But after that, all of a sudden, you hear these little things. Well, Leas is unperforming. It's just If you're out there as a consumer of, of Ranger blogs and Ranger beat writers, just look for the wording. And checking the headlines sometimes can tell you more than anything else. That's all I'll say. Because that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's headline driven. Because most of that is still just Larry Brooks writing columns. And right. I, well, I will say Larry, Brooks Larry Brooks is Leas Anderson. Leas Anderson's column that Larry Brooks wrote pretty abhorrent. It's not great because it, it it it's not great, and people know it's not great. You don't need me to explain every bit and piece why it's not. Well, great. Larry's never coming on the show, despite many invites. Right. So it's it it's it's not it's not even hearing about people underperforming. It's just. Being aware of what name gets reported in trade rumors, right? There's a reason why Henrik Lundqvist's name is never in a trade rumor. There's a reason why we never saw trade rumors involving Mika Zibanejad. There's a reason why when Philip Hedl went down, the Rangers weren't shopping Philip Hedl like they were shopping Leas Anderson. There are reasons for that. And we talk about how tight-lipped this front office is all the time. If the Rangers were actually shopping Philip Hedl, we would have heard something. We didn't. He went down there. He worked. He came back. He's part of this team's long-term future. It is clear. It is obvious. It is evident. Never saw that with Leas Anderson. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if the Rangers were actually discussing a Leas Anderson for Jesse Poyarvi trade. The fact that Leah Anderson's was name was even out there in a league where we make fun of insiders all the time because they just report things 
three seconds before the team reports it itself. It's so stupid. The the fact that his, but Ryan, the fact that his name was there means it was being talked about. And the Rangers do not talk about people that are included in their long-term plan. Have you heard a bad thing about Brett Houghton? Never. Never. Uh, Well, no, you don't need to hear. No, we (laughs) don't need to hear bad things to know that bad things happen though. right? Right. But when you hear nothing about when you, when you only hear about his work ethic, that's a team saying that's a guy we like for the long run, right? That's all you need to know. And to be fair, we, I, at some point you have to give the Rangers credit for at least understanding that their young pieces need to play and they need to play a lot. And Brett Howden's playing a lot. Is he doing well? No. Should he be playing? Yes. Less? Probably. Could he benefit from a run in Hartford? Probably. But the New York Rangers are giving the pieces they think will be part of this long-term future a lot of run. And it's it's just become clear that Leas Anderson, at any point this season, he was never part of their long-term plan. And now Leas Anderson is pissed off about it. To his credit, that's allowed. Rightfully He's so. took it, taken his bag and gone home. It's what he chose to do. I just... It's a shame. But you know what pisses it me off? It could have been handled differently on everybody's end. It, it wasn't. It, and this is where we are. The thing is with Leas, and we've gone way too long on this, and it's totally fine because I think this is some of the best content we've made in a couple weeks. Not that the other content wasn't good. Hold on, hold on. Our, our BSBOTs. Oh my God, yes. If you haven't listened to our BSBOTs where Greg goes on, and I'll, I will praise you, the absolute heater of heaters of podcasts talking about what the Rangers would be as Christmas gifts, please, theathletic.com slash BSB. Unbelievable. Um, okay. My last thing is Leas just watched what happened with Kravstov. He went back to the KHL. He had a miserable time. He got sent down and now he's back. And now you're getting a future possible all-star back on the first line with you. And now's when you're deciding to leave. You have the future starting goalie of the New York Rangers on your team. You have a future possible all-star in Kravstov. Another first round pick by the Rangers who... Just went through this whole thing and came back to the HL because he decided it was probably better for him to be developing there. And now now that everything's going right for you, you're like, you know what? Now I'm going to leave. You, you pack your bags and go home. You just watched Philip Hedl come down and work his way up. You watched Lion, Ryan Lindgren earn a spot on the team that he was not going to get. But he played his ass off and got there. And now all of a sudden you've seen these stories and you're the person that's going home. I'm not sure how much I love that. And I do like Elias. I defend the silver medal throw. I still don't think it was a tantrum. I still think it was the right move. And I like that attitude of a person. And I understand that. And I get why he's pissed off. But you gotta, you have to fight through. And you can request this trade in January. Just wait a week or two. Get your game together. Play with Kraftstoff. Have Igor. And go forward. But you probably requested this months ago and we didn't know like you said, Greg. So that's what pisses me off. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm sure we're not, we're, we're obviously not done talking about Leas, but we're done for this week. We'll talk about him again. When he gets traded. If it happens on a, in the midweek, we'll do an emergency podcast. We will. It's not going to happen during the holidays. Hey, holiday freeze. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. Fucking, fucking stupid shit. That is, right. but look, we'll, we'll revisit this again, depending on what the package is. I, I will. You know what the sad thing is? Tell me. Where were you when you heard the news? Right? Like I, so Dude. my Saturday, yeah, I had a complicated Saturday. And by complicated, I mean I was lazy as shit. Uh, 
I wanted my original goal was to go see cats at one o'clock. Oh I didn't. Oh I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it tomorrow. Don't get, don't worry. I'm seeing it tomorrow. I can't believe uh, this. I need to know, dude. I need to know. It's like, it's like seeing the video of the plane crashing. They didn't I, finish the hands and they're sending out updates. I'm, I'm upset that they sent out the update. I'm not going to lie to you about yeah. that. I wish I saw the original awful version, but it's fine. I wish I would still going to be awful. the midnight opening. That's the only way I would have gone. That's a little too much. I, I have to wake up for jobs. Anyway, okay. I, I got caught up watching The Last Jedi. So I watched that yep. and then I went to the mall to do some Christmas shopping. Uh, and I was minding my own business when all of a sudden I got two DMs and it was just sad faces. And I was like, all right, what the fuck did the Mets just do? Yes. And then, and then quickly I was like, oh, this is Ranger related. I wonder if they traded someone because one of them said like, can't believe this actually happened. I was like, I mean, it is a weird time to trade Chris Kreider. That seems a little odd. And then I open it up and it's Leah Anderson has requested trade. And I was like, oh, oh, that sucks. And I spent five minutes being upset about it. And then I spent about 10 minutes kind of excited knowing that the Rangers were guaranteed to make a trade within the next month and just daydreaming about what that package would be. Well, we have plenty of time to talk about that in the future. For me, yeah. you know, I moved to Philadelphia. I haven't announced some things yet, but I was with Diana's family. And it was, uh, you know, a Christmas gathering. And I get a text from our good friend Dan, who's hosting the Reddit Suite meetup this Friday. And it just says, Leas. Or, 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 oh, Leas. And I was like, what happened? And I had to, like, sneak off and, like, go look. And, like, it just messed my whole Saturday up. And I don't want to blame Leas. Of course, he's got his own prerogative. But to have it on, like, a Christmas party Saturday was such a bummer. It's like, oh, good. Now yeah. I have to think yeah. about this. Fuck you, Leas. not your yeah, fault. Fuck you. I'm not mad at Leas for that. It just is. Uh it didn't mess up my Saturday. I did everything I wanted to do Saturday except see cats. I was thinking but that about was my it. own doing. All right, let's go do an ad. We're going to come back and do five-star questions as we always do. Uh, and then we're going to do part one of the holiday mailbag before next week's. All right, be right back. Transition. All right, everyone. The holidays have come and gone. Or at least they're right around the corner. How are you going to eat once the holidays are over? You're going to eat those leftovers from your family that they packed up for you in little Tupperware? And set it home to your house. You open it, smells a little bit, but you're hungry and you don't want to eat the lasagna. No, you're not going to eat that lasagna. What you're going to do? DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is super easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite food pizza joint, your favorite food pizza joint. That's right, food pizza joint. Already on DoorDash, but there's over 300,000 restaurants in 3,300 million cities. That's right, 300 million cities. That's a lot of cities, guys. So, you might have a new favorite to find, too. With, with DoorDash, you can have delivery in all 50 states and Canada, especially New York. Order now. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BSB. That's $5 off the first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code BSB. So, I mean, order now. Don't be eating that leftovers from the holidays. You don't want to do it. Promo code is BSB. $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And, of course, I have to tell you about, if you're a football fan, the holiday season is here. And we know what that means. Bowl season. As well as 30 over, it's 30 bowl games before the championship game on January 13th. If that's not enough to get you excited, the playoff push is underway in the pros, and you need it even more. The DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on all the action and more 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boost to free bets, DraftKings has it all. 
It's the final week of the pro football season, so be sure to get your bets in this weekend and don't miss out on the bowl games happening all weekend long. Plus, the DraftKings Sportsbook will give new users a free bet just for signing up. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code QUICK. QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet when you sign up, plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. <laughs> Don't forget, sign up with code QUICK to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, restrictions apply, sign inside for details, gambling prop, going with a gambler. Back to the podcast for mailbag part two and five-star questions. Hey, we're back. Okay, after the whole Leas... We're just going to title this one the Leas episode, right? I think that's fair. Um, let's do some five-star questions and some mailbag part one. First question I have here is from TrinityTY007. It says, uh, from the only informed Rangers podcast I know, do you think the players are fed up with the constantly changing lines? Or could they be frustrated? And what are they doing to protect the players? Of course, I think this is pretty obvious, right? If, if- uh, well, I think... I think the frustration is evident because how many times have we talked about how athletes more than maybe any other sect of society, but even shit, I have a routine that I do every morning. It's not important, but if that routine gets thrown off, I get frustrated. So I can like hockey players have a routine. Every athlete has a routine. And when you keep putting your lines in a blender, it fucks with the routine. It, it limits your ability to even establish a routine. So, of course, I think the Rangers players are frustrated. And, but you know, I just wish I have no problem with blending the lines occasionally. I just, I think you need to see it for even three games before you can be like, all right, that definitely didn't work. Uh, that's exactly where it was. This season, you know, ha- Boosters Breakaway, hashtag small sample size. To watch... Like, Jesper Fast get thrown up to the first line and then back down to the third, and then all of a sudden he's playing on the fourth. In, in the same game. That's exactly. That's all in one game. So to just... I just want consistency, which is another thing we talk about. Small sample sizes and consistency. Um, this- yeah, if, if you want to change the lines every week, I think it would get old. But sure, if it continues to not work, keep putting them in a blender. It's just... It seems like the coaching staff this year goes period to period with their line assignments. And I don't know how you're supposed to evaluate anything in that small of a window. This is from Amhoffen11. And by the way, you can uh, leave a five-star question by going to iTunes, leave a review, five stars, and we will read it on the show. Uh, this is from Amhoffen11. Best Mets slash Rangers podcast. Thank you. With the Rangers, Thank you for putting the Mets first, yes, by the way. With the Rangers three points out of a playoff spot right now. This was from December 17th. Sorry. Uh, do you think it would be more beneficial for the growth of the Rangers to let them stay in the race for the playoff spot and play competitive slash meaningful games down the stretch to get a higher than, than a higher pick? Um, I think, uh, personally, I want the highest chance at getting a top three pick in this draft. They could lose every game from now on, but I do think it's important for development to play in tight, meaningful games and show that you, with Artemi Panarin and the talent you have in the team like Henrik Lundqvist, you could steal a game pretty much at any point in time. So I, I'm fine with either way. I don't think they have the talent to make the playoffs and especially in a loaded East right now. Yeah, it's, it's something we talked about briefly last week and it's something worth saying now. I, 
The New York Rangers are not good enough and they're not close enough to a playoff spot where they should be adding at the deadline. I don't think they're looking to add at the deadline. Uh, but the Rangers are also – the Rangers are good enough right now where if you lose Chris Kreider, I don't think a lot changes for your team. Again, it, the New York Rangers are not significantly worse without Chris Kreider. They're worse, don't get me wrong, but I don't think the Rangers would be less competitive on a nightly basis should Chris Kreider no longer be on this team for the final couple months of the season. Uh, he, It's just not the type of player he is anymore. So if you can turn Chris Kreider into future assets and uh, Ryan Strom, for that matter, then I think you should just because I don't think it's going to – it's not going to rock the boat significantly. Like when the Rangers traded McDonough and JT Miller and Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Hayes, when they made all those moves and they plummeted, it's because the Rangers were punching above their weight and it was because of those guys that they were punching above their weight. The Rangers are punching above their weight this season, but it's because of Artemi Panarin, Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, and their goaltenders. We're not talking about trading those guys this year. The New York Rangers are not trading their best players this year. They're trading their high-end role players. And I, I think you can achieve everything you want to achieve, which is entertaining hockey, potentially lingering around for too long in the playoff race, eventually not getting it and getting a lottery pick, all by just trading Chris Kreider and Ryan Stroh. It doesn't, it doesn't disrupt anything. So that I think the Rangers are going to sell. It's not going to be a massive sell-off because they feel like they're close, but this team is not going to add. And the fact that this team is not going to add means they're not going to make the playoffs, which is fine. They're going to draft somewhere in the 8-10 to 10 range, and life will go on. Yep. And if, they're, and if we're really lucky, and Santa really likes us, we'll draft anywhere from the 1-3 to three range, and we'll be very, 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 very happy. That won't happen, though. Um, this person also asks, uh, I'm Hoff at 11 asks, PS, why are the Mets not adding anything to the bullpen? Simple. They're cheap as shit there you go. because Fred Wilpon still controls the team. Next question. Cause it's related. Cause did you, did you, did you see next question? Cause it's related. Next, 20... next question. Cause fine, it's related. Cause 69 asks uh five star question. Greg, can we get six uninterrupted minutes on the Mets? They wear blue shirts sometimes, you know. Don't do the whole six minutes, but do whatever you're going to do. Did you see that they, they chopped Cespedes' salary down to six million for next year? No. From 29 and a half to six million? Why? They're deferring it? No. Uh, the Mets feel confident they can prove that Cespedes got injured doing something he wasn't contractually allowed to do last year. Wow. AKA riding a horse. Okay. I, they're probably. Um, but <laughs> the funny thing is, you know that $26 million the Mets say they have, quote unquote, regained from uh, Yoannis Cespedes' contract? Oh, yes. What about it? Yeah, that went to Rick Porcello for $10 million, Yeah, Michael Waka for $10 million, Nice. And Jay, uh, Jake Marisnik for $3 million. That's what I'm talking about. They've already about. spent it. That's yeah, really They've already fucking spent it. You're improved now. Now you have a fourth and fifth and sixth, or a fifth and sixth starter maybe. That's nice. Yeah, um, and a center fielder who can't fucking hit. We have, we got, we we let Juan Lagares go to free agency and traded for fucking white Juan Lagares. <laughs> we, we traded for, we traded for John Legris. That's who we got. Um, next, we got John Legris instead of Juan Lagares. Next question. The Mets. Cannot fucking wait for Stephen Cohen, Ryan. It's going to be great. Kazi69, you, you'll get a lot more of that in the future if you listen to this. Um, uh, Johnny D 75 asks, this is a comment, he says first. The, the New, York Ranger, oh New York Ranger radio broadcast is atrocious, with Kenny Albert being the lone bright star who has to carry the rest of these clowns. It's barely tolerable. One guy has 12 different ways to say of, of saying Georgiev or Georgiev or Georgiev. 
uh, and not one of them sounds right. Am I the only one baffled by this with this market? Well, you, can I, was that? Can I just say? Can I just? Can I just say a hot take right now? Yeah, sure. Hockey doesn't translate to radio. Stop listening to hockey games on the radio. I will get to that point. Uh, he said, with with this market, you think you could, we could bring someone with big talent and personality on the broadcast. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is hockey doesn't translate to radio, like Greg said. Sometimes it's the only way you can listen, and, and of course, I resort to that at some points also. But when I when the Knicks are on and the Rangers are also on, and I try to find the Rangers on the radio, it's absolutely impossible. I have no idea where to find them. It's very upsetting, and I have to stream the game. But it's not just that. It's just some sports don't translate to radio, and – as someone that did basketball for radio, basketball is really hard to translate to radio. It's any sport that is just constant movement. Football and baseball are perfect radio sports because it's short bursts, yep. right? Yep. It's short bursts. And you can describe with, every with, single movement that happens. Right. And you have time between each short burst to, in detail, go back and revisit what just happened. Exactly. With basketball and hockey – it is constant. The reason why, honestly, the reason why I loved calling basketball is because it takes no thought. It, it's it's constant movement, and it's just telling people where people are and what's happening without having to explain what is actually happening. Baseball is the hardest sport to do on radio that I've ever had. I love baseball, and baseball, two billion times harder to do for me on radio than basketball because – there's so much time in between the things that sometimes games are that you have hours. to make interesting. Yeah. And you have to make or, it. Interesting. No, but it's not just that. It's just, it's, it's, I love baseball because I can, when I'm watching it on TV, I'm very much invested into the game, but I also have time to do other things. Right. Like with, with hockey, if I sit down and have the hockey game on, I need to be watching the hockey game because if I look away for five minutes, I don't know what the fuck just happened or how we got here. Or why three goals were scored against – I know why three goals were scored against the New York Rangers. We fucking suck at defense. Thank you, Lindy Ruff. But at the same time, it's – it's hockey to me, I don't think you can really I, – I would never criticize anyone that does basketball or hockey on the radio because those are sports in my mind that just aren't meant to be done on radio. It's not what the medium is there for. I understand why you listen because you have to. You're an addict. You need to get to your next hit. But I, I would go easier on the hockey guys on radio because you need to understand that they're doing an impossible job. Okay. Uh, his question is, any ah. chance uh, DQ can find some line chemistry and stick with it? You can't develop... Yeah, just a- fucking play people and yeah, then see what happens. Exactly. You can't develop an identity in line chemistry with the line changes minute to minute. It seems like the Rangers have no offense defensive systems besides the, besides the occasional tic-tac-toe goal or zib or bread hitting uh, on pure shooting talent. Defensive- but you, know, you know what the nut thing is, Ryan, is the Rangers don't break up the defensive pairs. Never. Like, the defensive, well, I mean, they do occasionally. Like once Most every, times like, when their hands are forced. Like 13 but games. The Rangers allow the defensive pairs to chill for a month and then they'll change them. I just, and again, I, maybe that's Ruff's influence. The one thing that he does well is, see, the thing with Ruff is he doesn't change his defensive pairs when he should, whereas Quinn changes his lines when he shouldn't. And the nuts thing is, Ryan, I think one of the, the most – you know what the most entertaining line was on the game yesterday? Brett Howden Sunday? Line. Yeah, it yeah. was Heedle, Howden, and Lemieux. I know. And we haven't gotten to Lemieux yet. That's another thing. Um, this next one is from uh, uh, Sick Life of TG. Messier has it right. This is the best New York Rangers podcast. Woo! Yeah, Woo. right. That's Espe- for Mark. Especially when discussing the 25-year-old – Alexander Gordon, yeah, that's a shot at us, by the way. Five star. That's a shot at you. Yeah, at me. Uh, we, but you could have looked too. Five star question. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't correct you. Pretend there is. In a, my in my defense, I don't really listen to you. I, 
it's, you know, I don't get a lot of chance to say things. Five-star question. Pretend, pretend there is an amnesty buyout this summer for full cap relief. Without bringing emotion into it, who do you use it on? Taking money term and who waiting uh, uh, and people waiting in the wings into consideration. Obviously, the answer is stall, but Hank solves a lot of problems long-term and opens the most space. Hmm. I think it's still I don't stall. Think Hank, I, don't think, I don't think Hank solves the most problems long-term. Because saying so would say that Hank is a problem. He's not. Which we've said multiple times he's, he's not. Just, he makes a lot of money, and deservedly so. But even even then, $8.5 million in this market is not a lot of money. No, not what it used to be. So I still think it's Stahl because he's the person that is preventing a lot of the younger talent from being on the team. And if, I don't know if you and know. All, I don't know if you know Stick Life TG, the defense is quite bad. But not, not, just, not just that. It's just Mark Stahl is actively bad. Yes. So by not having Mark Stahl on your roster, you get better. And you're also Whereas, like we're, freeing up five point five million dollars. There are there are scenarios where the New York Rangers get rid of Henrik Lundqvist and they are just worse. Like we don't we don't know that Georgiev is going to be able to do this continuously. I mean, shit, he did not have a good game this past weekend. We do not know if um, Igor, as great as he's been in Hartford, will be able to be that great in the NHL. It hasn't happened. We we have no track record to work off there. Like when you get rid of Hank, you make the Rangers goalie situation significantly worse because you're taking away the one guarantee you have, which is that no matter what happens, Henrik Lundqvist is going to give you no worse than above average production for at least 40 games a year. It, it Getting rid of Mark Stahl by simply not having Mark Stahl in the lineup, the New York Rangers are better. And by having that five... $0.7 million to use on either one piece or multiple pieces that are simply not Mark Stahl makes the New York Rangers better. When you get rid of Henrik Lundqvist, there's no guarantee you've actually just made the New York Rangers better. You've made them younger. You've given your two young goalies an opportunity, but we don't know if that means the New York Rangers are immediately better. So if, the amnesty, if, if you have an amnesty buyout, you have to use it in a way that guarantees to make your team better. That's Mark Stahl. So there's really no debate here. This next question is from Nick Sweet 13 Hey, guys, I was just wondering, what the hell is happening with Leas? See the first 56 <laughs> minutes of this podcast. Is there something that like, could have been avoided? See the first 56 minutes of this podcast. Uh, what were the realistic returns? Okay. Uh, what's, he just pretty much asked what Leas is about. Thanks, Ryan and Greg, for keeping up the perfect work. I think that's very generous of you. And OPS, oh, Greg, what do you think about the big free, big free agent signings in the MLB so far? As a Yankee fan, I enjoy your Mets rants every single time. And have you thought about rooting for a winner instead? <laughs> no, because I don't want to know what happiness is. Yeah. Um, uh, what do I think about him? I think it's great to see that players are getting paid. Period. Full stop. Yeah, good for them. They deserve it. Yeah. Get your money. Scott Boris is guaranteed $1 billion. <laughs> this year. Great. Um, this, the question is for Also, the- shout, shout out to the LA Angels, who have the best player in baseball, signed the best free agent in baseball, and still don't think their pitching is a big enough problem to address it. Or they, Good for you, Angels. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Oh, oh boy. Jesus Christ. Uh, Be dumber. This question, Be dumber, This please. question is from Kapokapo uh, Kapo Praise B24, a frequent commenter of the show. Given the Leas, given that Leas Anderson has officially requested a trade, is it inevitable he is trading a package for Poole Yarvey? No. Seems no. logical for considering a request for both trades. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore, it, it seems logical because we're talking about two players that will never play another game for their respective organizations. So why wouldn't you just swap those players so that you could get something for that player? Uh, but apparently not. It's just not going to happen. 
Uh, he says, if if you have if you've seen it, could you please provide spoiler free thoughts on Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker? While it 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 has its faults, it was I thought it was enjoyable and fun. Keep up the great work. Praise be Chris from Florida. I'm not I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. I did see it yesterday. I yes. would call it enjoyable and fun. I think that I think the the big twist that's in the movie is very interesting. I think there's another twist in the movie that was grown worthy, and I wasn't here for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. It's I think I, it, I, think, I it, think some people will not like this, but I think it's on the level of Jumanji two, where the the most recent Jumanji that came out, where I went there, had a good time. And I admit that it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. I think it takes more flack than it should. Uh, yes, I agree with that. I think I went a- in there expecting it to be a terrible movie, and I was like, "This is this is perfectly fine." It was. It's a six out of ten movie that could have been a much better. It's just poor planning on Disney's part, which is weird because we're so spoiled by seeing Marvel movies and having Endgame. We had the highest of expectations from Endgame, and then we went and saw Endgame, and somehow our expectations were blown away. And then when Disney bought Star Wars and did the exact same thing, you expect the same results. And when you don't get them, you're a little disappointed. I had I had that I had that conversation with some coworkers today that saw it too, and it, it's almost unfair to compare Star Wars to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's like Marvel made a universe and then decided to break it up into chapters. Yes. Whereas you can tell with Disney that they clearly just made three movies and tried to have all of them. They connect to literally didn't have the second script written when the first was finished so... which is which is not how marvel operates no marvel knew marvel, when they made iron man marvel, 1 what endgame would be about right like when captain <laughs> captain marvel the script is done before like iron man 3 is going yes 100 percent. But, but and it's the funny thing is it's like we i think the people are disappointed in the most recent star wars like the the skywalker trilogy movies is because you see them do shit like Rogue One, and you're like that's fucking great. Rogue One was an amazing movie. Why don't Why don't <laughs> you do that? And I think that's why people get, or at least I, I think people, a lot of people get frustrated with Star Wars for a lot of reason. The one reason I could actually understand is seeing how they handled Rogue One, how fantastic that movie is, and then just being like, so Finn loves this chick now that we're just gonna introduce <laughs> yeah uh, it was uh, that's that's not even a spoiler that's from the last jedi so um, right right all right all right let's let's uh let's go to the reddit questions uh thanks for leaving five star well, how about how about how about how about this how What's about up? this do we want to do the reddit questions and this is us live podcasting about how we're gonna podcast okay do we want to do the reddit questions as our bsbot this week so we're giving everybody the proper amount of love they deserve no because okay let's do part one just do part done one. done say say no more let's do part one we're just doing reddit right now we're gonna, we're gonna go to quick ones uh space fast 18 asks what's your favorite hanukkah hanukkah present as a kid uh me nothing uh we can speed around. Say the, for me for me it was the nintendo i vividly remember the excitement i had when i got the nintendo gamecube because I, mean, I i think good question i don't good think my because ed- that's a goddamn great moment in your life yeah, I, I, my N sixty four wasn't a Hanukkah gift. I, re- I vividly remember. God damn it, the answer. GameCube so was, and the first two games I got for GameCube were. Remember Pikmin, not Pokemon. Pikmin. 
You don't remember? Oh, Pikmin. sorry. I was. I was. I do remember Pikmin. I was thinking about podcasting. I know that sounds crazy. Oh, you're, an, you're, an, you're an idiot. <laughs> I am. Uh, Pik- Pikmin was the first game I got. The second game I got was NHL Hits. NHL Hits is I, a fantastic experience. It's the best. It's, it's the best. So much fun. The outdoor games. The hitting. Oh, I want to play right now. What a good game. What can I just get a good NHL game, please? Jesus. I like it. I like the NHL. 19 I kind I want like a blitz version, you know? Like that fun. Well, so you want NHL hits. I do. <laughs> I'm just angry. Um I, maybe you're right. Maybe we should do this as OT. But I did want to add the Hanukkah one. No, screw it. Let's just keep going. Okay. It's too late now. We're right. on board. All right. Uh Drew Don- Donahue asks, what line do you think is best to put Kako on in order for him to develop the best? It's Artemi and Mika. I think no, that- I disagree. Okay, go on. Um I I think you have to I think at this point in time, you need to be sheltering Kako a little bit. And I think the only way to shelter Kako is by just saying, I don't know what players he should. I, I, I don't. It, if it's not Artemi Mika, it has to be at least Lemieux. Because I've I liked their chemistry and I thought Kako played his best games this season with Lemieux. Yeah, I, I almost. We're at, we're at. Kako's development, I think, has less to do with the players he's playing with and more to do with how he's deployed. Uh, and I just, while I am excited and I understand that Mika and Panarin would try to get the best out of Kako, you also have to realize that that means Kako is playing against guys he's just not prepared to play against right now. Um, so I think it it's kind of like bringing in your NBA rookie off the bench a little bit. You have to play him third line minutes. If that means playing him with Heedle and Lemieux and just going like an all kids line, I'm fine with it because I think if those three guys are playing against another team's third line. I think it's putting all of them in a be- better position to succeed. And right now, if if the if the end game with Kako this year is not get him as many points as possible, it's try to get him to survive an NHL season as an 18-year-old and have him improve incrementally along that timeline. I don't think it's playing him top-line minutes. I think it's just it's easing him in on the third line, letting him cook, letting him simmer, letting him play consistently with – whatever two other line mates you want him to play with and just put him in a situation where he's not getting drowned in the deep end of the pool. Fergus CL asks, does the arrival of Keandre Miller officially signal the end of our rebuild mode? Why or why not? It does not uh, signal it, but it is a great right. thing that's happening. Uh, um, well, one, is, he's not here. No, he's yet, right. Not, I think he's two years away still. I don't think we see right. him next year. And, I, I think this offseason will signal the this offseason will signal the end of the portion of the rebuild where the Rangers are actively trying to acquire significant long-term assets. Tra- and like by once, trading away former positive right. assets. Once Chris Kreider is traded, the New York Rangers are no longer going to be trading guys for futures. Once Kreider's dealt, the Rangers will be in the market for the quote unquote hockey trades. The trades that help them improve right now. So I, I think I don't. A good organization is actually never done rebuilding. It's just that they're they're entering different phases of a constant project. And I think it's the Chris Kreider trade that will close the book on phase one, which is the letter. And then phase two needs to begin. And I don't think Keandre Miller or Niels Lundqvist's arrival per se is the the flag that signals to us this phase is now done too. I think phase two ends when the Rangers make the playoffs again. 
And I think phase three ends when the Rangers are finally ready to compete for a Stanley Cup. Agreed. Uh, his second question is, and I'm trying to pronounce this player's name correctly because I've only read it, and I guess that's why you're here. Uh, this is, he said, what is Lori Pujeniemi's? I think it's Pujeniemi. Pujeniemi. Shit. Lori. Lori. Here, I have it here. What does it say? Can I play it? Lori. I have free account. Okay, whatever. Lori. What's his ceiling? It's probably a bottom six player. Yeah, it's it's really exciting what he's doing this year. I don't want to, like, temper expectations so much. But people who know a lot more than we do, i.e. Um, Alex Nunn, Drew Way, guys we trust, they're, they're pretty confident that it would still take a significant development for Pujeniemi or however we say it, Laurie for short, yep. to become a significant piece of the Rangers core. Um, I, I think it's if he becomes a bottom six regular with scoring upside – like a like a, I think that's fair. I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's good too, considering it was a sixth round draft pick. That's the a, fact that he has an NHL future is a fantastic find by the New York Rangers. Uh, let's do two or three more questions, and then we'll save the Twitter questions. It's more Reddit questions for next week. Who was your favorite? Oh yeah, that guy was a Ranger. <laughs> Benoit Pouliot. Come on now. I think mine is Lee Stepniak. Um. Really, your favorite? I just like you get excited hearing the name Lee Stempniak. I just think it's funny. He was actually pretty good, and then he went on to like play like a tremendous season the next year. You're a weird guy, but a, everybody already knew that. Just a weird dude. Um, let's see. Do you think uh, this is from uh, White to Jericho? Do you think it'd be better for the NHL to play with promotion and regu- regulation relegation like they do in football and soccer in Europe? Uh, that would entail also getting rid of the draft and the salary cap. I'd love to hear your opinions. I know what we're going to do the, I'm saving the loan system for you for next week, because that's a, a big one for you. I do love loan system discussions. Um, actually, I kind of want to do, can we do loan system as the last question this week? Cause I sure. just ended on that note. Let's do this. Uh, and then we'll do the, loan well, do I think, we'll do I uh, easy? Do I think hockey should have promotion relegation? Uh, no, I just don't think there's enough talent in North American hockey to support you would need – I mean, the the NHL is about to have 32 teams. So you need enough talent spread among 64 teams where this is feasible, right? Because, look, you don't have to look much further than the Premier League. More times than not, the teams that get promoted are also the teams that are getting relegated. So it's it, – as fun as promotion and relegation is, and I think it's fascinating in the world of soccer, you're not – seeing significant overhaul on a year-to-year basis um and to be fair again as as fun as i think the premier league is with promotion and relegation what that encourages is a system where you have the haves and the have-nots in in the premier league on any given year there are really only about five teams that can realistically challenge for the title that's it it's a 20-team league and five of them are going to realistically challenge for the title then there's about eight teams that'll challenge for the secondary Europa League qualification spots. And then you have five teams that are just trying to survive. And while that's fun in soccer, I think fans will get really tired about a, situ- a scenario where, let's be honest, it would probably be, if you take away the salary cap, you're talking about the Rangers, the Leafs, and teams of the Bruins. The Habs. Like, you don't, you know what you don't have anymore if you don't have, a salary cap, you probably don't have the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
No, you, you don't. don't. You really so don't. It's, so it's you got to be careful when you're when you start thinking about should promotion relegation be in the sport because as much fun as it is in soccer, we wake up on August twenty third every year and. You know what teams are talking about winning the title in England? Liverpool, it's Manchester City, Manchester. Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, and now Leicester. That's it. That's really it. And it's that way all season. Maybe maybe once in a blue moon, a dream team like Leicester comes into the picture and wins the whole damn thing. More times than not, it's usually one of Liverpool and Manchester City. And you're super excited if you get like about. sixth place. And who wants That's to- what I'm saying. Like It's a big deal for teams in England to finish seventh. Like Seventh is a real accomplishment that I'm not trying to shit on by saying that. Finishing seventh in England is a massive deal. I don't see that being a good thing for the NHL. I do not either. Like you're not. There's never going to be a world where you live in where we're like, oh, dope. They were fighting for seventh. Cool. Uh, This is the final question, and then we'll finish. If we didn't answer your question this week from Twitter or Reddit, we'll probably do a bigger mailbag question next week for New Year's Eve. We'll do part part two here. We'll ask again for more questions, and we'll go from there. Um, this is from uh, Crump62. Let's assume the hypothetical that the NHL adopts a loan system like they have in European soccer, where the bigger teams loan their prospects to lesser squads uh, to get them more playing time developed, like you talked about earlier, Greggy. Which prospects in the Rangers right now in Hartford, obviously Chelsea is the one, would you loan out? Which prospects not in the Rangers now, but close, Miller and Niels Lundqvist, uh, would you like to loan out for them learning their, from a failed, uh, sorry, to keep them learning the failed defensive system we currently use? Well, and this is this is another one where it's fascinating to think about, but then you also have to think about the teams that would want to loan those players in, right? So the thing I love about the loan system and why I think it's fascinating in sports is just because, like, we've done this scenario before where, like, imagine you're the New York Mets and you could loan out Jacob deGrom for half a season. Like, what – if you knew you were getting Jacob deGrom back at the end of the year, what could you possibly loan him out for in terms of futures? And it's, it's from that perspective, it's always fascinating to think about it. Like imagine if you were the New York Rangers, right? Would you have let Kevin Hayes walk as a free agent? If you knew that you could just loan him out for a half season or like a full year or two years and just bring him back when you're ready to be competitive. Um, But in terms of this question, it's, it's hard because I don't know if there's a better situation for Igor to be in than the one he's in in Hartford. Like every, he seems to be in the perfect spot in Hartford right now. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, is it more beneficial for Igor to be on a really good American hockey league team or a really bad NHL team? Like what, what's better for his development in that regard? Because the teams you're talking about, you have to think of the teams that would want Igor, like the Detroit Red Wings would have no interest in Igor because they just want to develop their own players. The The, the answer is the Leafs. Right. But would you really want, like on one hand, yes. But if you're also, if you're the Leafs, would you want your backup to be an untested 23-year-old rookie? Like the whole reason why Georgiev makes a lot of sense for the Leafs is because there's track record there. But if you, if like, you have to think of it from that perspective too. Yes, it's probably a low cost for the Maple Leafs to bring in Igor, but is that the guy they want playing 15, no. 20 games a year behind Freddie? The reason why Georgiev is valuable to them is because they know he's had success in the NHL. He can do it again. So it's it's tough to think of an NHL team, like maybe the Canucks. Like maybe if if Igor went to the Canucks as a backup and played 15 games because the Canucks want to make the playoffs – 
They have motivation to make the playoffs, uh, but they're they're not good enough where they'd be able to shop at the high end retail. Um, so like maybe that, but you have to ask yourself a serious question: Is it better for Eagles long term to go to the Vancouver and play fifteen to twenty games a year, whereas he can stay in Hartford and play as much as humanly possible? So it, it's it's tough from that regard. It's not like it's not like I would and it same thing goes for Keandre and and Lundquist. I'd rather have them in Hartford than sending them to say Winnipeg to possibly play in the NHL because it 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 it, it just it brings up a whole interesting conversation about the proper way to develop and it's it's complicated and it's hard. And it's one we've had with Brett Howden, it's one we had with Leas Anderson, it's one we've had with Philip Edel. It's is it better to let them swim in the deep end in the NHL and hope they learn how to swim? Or is it better to put them in the kiddie pool where they're going to get a lot more time, but the competition is going to be less? It, there's, no, there's no correct way to develop. It, it's, it's a sliding scale for everybody. Some people are Adam Fox. Some people are Lieber Hayek. So it's, it's tough. I, I personally, like if, if the loan system was in the NHL, it would not be Igor I was loaning out. It would be, Georgiev, I was loaning out, and then I would just let Igor back a bank. That's probably the good idea. All right, uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna what a, what an episode. We're gonna finish up the mailbag next week during the holidays, and we'll ask for more questions then. If you want to leave more five star questions, we're not gonna stop you. We'll always do those every single week. And for now, we just want to thank our supporters on our Patreon. If you want to give a Christmas gift to us for the for the holidays, feel free to support us on Patreon. It really makes a big difference to Greg and I, who do a lot of goddamn work for this podcast and. Listen, we know we don't have to, but we appreciate your support. I want to thank Brian Doyle, Tori from Manhattan, Thomas O'Neill, Eric Stagg, Ben Weber, and of course the illustrious Ben Waters, who's traveling the world right now, being an actor for James Bond or something. All right. Uh, I love all you guys. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Orion Mead. I am the Church of Kako leader, the Capope. We'll just, I'll be at the game on Friday with Gregory, who is Blue Shirts Break on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys there. I love you so much. Bye.